In true AJ Preller fashion, the opening salvo, the Padres trade season is something that nobody had on their radars. I didn't see this Todd Strain on the uh, on on Jeff Passan or John Morosi or Ken Rosa. I see anybody floating this idea out there. Todd, thanks for joining us on the On Fire podcast. What say you about the trade of four players from the Padres to the Brewers for four-time All-Star Josh Hader? Well, in the NBA Twitterverse, it's the Woj bomb. This is the, the Preller bomb. This came out of nowhere. Uh, we know the Brewers have been trying to deal Hater for whatever reason that is mystifying, but the Padres swoop in who had not been attached to Hater at any point and landed him for kind of a, I don't want to be mean the, the, what they traded back to the Brewers, but it's kind of the poo-poo Padres platter. There's no <laughs> huge name that jumps out of you. you know, I mean, Gasser the pitcher, but that's years down the road. I mean, this is a win-win-win, huge win for the Padres. It's Taylor Rogers, Denilson Lamette, Estiuri Ruiz, and Robert Gasser, the guys going back to Milwaukee. Now, Rogers, he just lost. And it's weird because I talked to him on Friday. We're recording this on Monday afternoon, by the way. Um, talked to him on Friday about being demoted from the closers role. He had blown back-to-back saves in Detroit. He just nothing was working. He'd blown like six of his last 12 save opportunities. After in the first month and a half of the season, he was pretty much lights out. And he yeah. was like, you know what? Hey, I've been through this before in my career. It's not my first time sucking for a while. I'll figure it out, and I, and I will get back. Um, see, A.J. Preller maybe didn't have the same kind of optimism that Taylor Rogers had. Denelson Lamette, as we knew, fourth in the Cy Young balloting as a starter in 2020. And then those elbow injuries, man. He's got a darn near yeah. 10 ERA as a reliever this year, so he probably wasn't going to work out. Ruiz is a guy who he's shown flashes, can fly. He's a speedy kid. Hopefully he has some success. And then Robert Gasser was a draft pick just last year. He was regarded as a number seven draft pick, left-handed pitcher, but he's nowhere near being close to major league ready. So you're right. It's, it's an interesting haul. And I think, Todd, the question that you and I both have is, is this the best the Brewers could do for a guy who, when he's on, is known as one of the filthy, if not the filthiest relief pitcher in major league baseball? You're exactly right. That was my first, besides wow, my first reaction was, wow, this is a great deal for the Padres. My next reaction is, how come the Brewers couldn't get more for Josh Hader, a guy you just said, who's one of the best closers in all baseball. He leads MLB right now with uh, 29 saves. He has lights out stuff. And his presence at the back end of a bullpen changes games because he's so dominant. Not only is he intimidating, which is huge in the postseason. When you have an intimidating presence at the back end of the bullpen, that changes how teams structure their lineup in the late innings, when they decide to pinch hit, everything that goes into a postseason ballgame, all the nuts and bolts. And he's just successful. I can't believe the Brewers could not have gotten more. But obviously, I mean, they, they did their due diligence on this, and he's been available for a while. Uh, it's a real head-scratcher as to another team that – did not step up and offer more that kind of trumped the Padres offer here. Well, it makes things easier for Bob Melvin, right? I even talked to, yes. to Skip on Friday as well about how you're going to handle the closer situation. And he's like, well, I don't know. And he said, I started the ninth inning and I worked my way back. That's how yes. he's going to handle the way yes. that he handles his pitching staff. And he said, I can't do it. I'm going to have to work forward in these few games. So he likes having, he likes knowing who's going to be there and handling ninth inning duties. Give me that guy. And I mean, in Oakland, he had several dudes do it. He had Blake trying to do it for a while. I mean, he's had plenty of different guys who have had 
lockdown ninth inning type stuff. And this yes. is another guy who you would think will have that same kind of ninth inning lockdown type stuff. Here's what's interesting. He's under contractual control through 2023. So he's got one more year of arbitration, but he did not give up a single earned run until June. This year, he was he was <laughs> dominant as ever seen two months uh, without allowing a single earned run. And then in July, everything went to hell. He had a 1254 yeah. ERA. He allowed five home runs just in July. And I looked up last year in 60 appearances, all of 2021, he gave up three home runs. He gave that up to the Giants in one game in July. So something's gone haywire with Hader right now. Now the question you have is, is this a bump in the road for him and he's going to be, he gets back to it? Or is there something really wrong and the Padres got that opening day trade for Taylor Rogers? So in essence, they gave up Emilio Pagan and, and Chris Paddock for yeah. Josh Hader. Like what? Which guy yeah, are they getting right now? The dude who, who basically looks like a, a version of Taylor Rogers who simply throws harder from the left side? Or are they getting that dude who's a, been to the All-Star game the last four times they've been, been able to have an All-Star game? Well, you're exactly right. We're effusive in our praise for uh, Josh Hader. But there is some minor red flags. You mentioned his struggles in July. There was some um, discontent, I guess, in, in reading about Hader within the Brewers organization. Josh Hader does not want to pitch more than one inning. In the postseason, the Brewers wanted Hader to pitch more than one inning. He did not want to do that. That caused some strife in, within the uh, organization. So that could be a potential reason for them to, uh, to deal him. Also, as you mentioned, he's under contract. He's uh, arbitration eligible next year. He earns $11 million this year. I mean, maybe bumps up to 15 to 20 next year. And then he's going to hit the open market. And the Brewers did not want to pay him. They did not want to pay him. So those are some minor red flags that um, may be cause for concern. But if that's if those are the causes for concern, I'm pushing all my chips in on this trade. This is uh, you got to do this deal because of what we talked about. Hater at his best is lights out and he solves your issue in the regular season at the back end of the bullpen. And he brings some juice the back end of the bullpen in the postseason, which is huge. The Padres bullpen has blown 16 saves this year. Suarez it's still has great blown in one run games. Amazing. Yeah, yeah. And Garcia has blown him and Rogers has blown him. Like they, they need that guy, right? And yeah. what's really interesting about this is you go out and get a guy like Hader. Well, uh, Drew Pomeranz is about to go out on a rehab assignment. So Pomeranz is coming back too. He might be able to handle ninth inning duties. You also have uh, Pierce Johnson. He's working his way back. He should be back before the end of the year. Perhaps you get Craig Stammen back. So while the Padres should probably be looking for another relief arm, they may not need it if you've got a guy who now, Bob Melville could say, ninth inning, taken care of. I can work my way back from that. And remember, Nick Martinez has suddenly become the jack-of-all-trades bullpen guy. Yeah. So just by putting him there, they've improved that unit a lot. And what's really, I think, great about this trade, Todd, is you get a four-time All-Star who's in his prime, but you don't touch any of the pieces that anybody from either Washington or Chicago is going to want. What does this do now for the pursuit of a Juan Soto or a Wilson Contreras or whomever else might be out there for the Padres? Well, it keeps them in the mix. This keeps them in the mix for all other trades, whether it's an outfielder, whether it's a little more pop at first base, or just a general improvement all around, or a super Soto. Because as you said, Derek, none of the players that were mentioned for some of these other bigger positional player deals 
were in this in this trade. So the Padres, AJ is flexing. Once again, he's like Luke Boyd on the flex cam during Sunday's game. <laughs> Preller is flexing his, his GM muscles here with his creativity and his aggressiveness to be in on everything and really to have a wealth of prospects and some draft capital to make moves happen. So yeah, Derek, they're in. They're still in on all those other deals. Show us the chest moss, AJ. <laughs> Come on now. Show us the chest moss. AJ in his uh, huge basketball shorts and his, his Nike shirt on the flex cam. Flexing it after the trade deadline, the Tuesday doubleheader. That's what Padre fans need. <laughs> All right. So what, what, what does this do now? Like how, how in, and we know they're in on soda. What are the odds? You know, and we talk about this yeah. all the time. What are the odds that they actually land this cat? Because you know the Dodgers are coming hard. You know the Cardinals are coming hard. The Cardinals seem like they're yeah. a little bit less reluctant. The Cardinals put together probably the best package. But yes. that's also why they're reluctant to put together a great package because they do have a lot of major league ready talent. And I'm thinking Washington is probably waiting for them to start saying, hey, we're this close. Let's go ahead and pull the trigger here, especially if all of a sudden the Brewers – who are in first place, who are going to be, and there's not going to be a wild card from the central. It's you win the division or you don't make the playoffs. So they all of a sudden are weaker on the back end. Maybe this is what makes St. Louis go, okay, we're going all in and we're getting Soto right now. There's so many different irons in the fire. What's AJ got up his sleeve now? Well, you said uh, the Cardinals are kind of the leader in the Soto sweepstakes. The Dodgers are thought to be kind of, uh, it's thought that the Dodgers and Padres I'm sorry, the Dodgers and Cardinals could top all other teams if they want to on an offer for Soto. If they want to go full engage and throw in all their best prospects and major league ready young players, then it's thought the Dodgers and Cardinals could top all other teams. But as we just saw, <laughs> if, if, they don't, if they don't engage, then A.J. Preller is, is fully ready to step up and make an offer that maybe the Nationals accept. And as we just saw with the Brewers, Sometimes deals can be head scratchers. Maybe the, the Nationals will say, hey, we're, we didn't get a major mega offer for Soto. We will take the Padres offer, even though it could have been the third, fourth best in all of baseball. So I still have questions about if the Nationals will get to that point where they decide to trade, trade, trade Soto this deadline. Because they can still play out the season and resurface and reevaluate his trade options in the offseason because the offers are still going to be major. There's no need for the Nationals to rush a Soto trade package. They could do it next offseason, next deadline. So I still have my doubts that they'll actually trade him unless they get an overwhelming offer. So we'll, so we'll see what happens there. I would love to see the Padres swing in and, and get him for all those all the prospects that have been mentioned. I think that would be a home run. And I think this team is ready to win now. Um, but we shall see. One thing that you said, Derek, that is so key, the Padres bullpen, yes, has been mystifying. But in bullpen, sometimes it's like a jigsaw puzzle. You just add one piece and it reshapes everything else. It gets everything where they need to be and it all comes together. By adding Hater, I think the Padres have, have solved so many questions, so many issues, and how it all works and fits together by acquiring Hater. He solves a lot of the bullpen issues, that's for sure. Yeah, that's a great point, Todd. Is guys, usually in bullpens, they thrive when they have very defined roles. Yes. You know you're the closer. You know you're the eighth inning guy. You know you're the swing man. 
a guy like Nick Martinez can do damn near anything. So he's one of those dudes like, I just put me out there. I don't care. I'm going to pitch well. So when you've got guys who the ninth inning is taken care of and everything kind of trickles down from there, that could very well be something that helps the bullpen. Now, oh, by the way, also Robert Suarez should be coming back from a knee injury. He had that little, little scope done. He, he could be back by the end of August as well. So all positive signs we hope right now for the Padres. Uh, and let's end this emergency podcast with um, how stoked are you for one Joe Musgrove? It's official, five years, $100 million. He's staying home through 2027. It's um, just the feel-good story of the day. Um, and have, coming on the same day, they swing a deal for Hader. Like, no, nothing but good vibes are on the Padres right now. What say you about Joe Musgrove's extension with San Diego? Well, you said it right there. It's a feel-good story. Joe Musgrove feels good about it. This is where he wants to be. This is his home, and he's getting paid at a rate that he deserves for his play in recent seasons. He is awesome of late, and that salary is commiserate with his pitching experience. Padre fans, they feel good about this. They love no-no Joe. They love no-no Joe in San Diego. They get it for five more years. Padre's front office, they feel good about it. It's a going rate. It's not a huge. They didn't have to go to free agency and match another team's offer. It's a nice contract for a pitcher like Musgrove. And they get a guy who's a presence in the community. They can roll Joe out for all their community events. And that's a huge win that pays off in ways we'll never even know. And also from a media perspective, Joe's a good guy. He's always liked solid for an interview. So it helps our content win all around. And he stabilizes the pitching staff. You know he's going to go out there and give you six solid innings every fifth day. Just a feel-good win for the Padres. Yeah, I'll see. Joe's not just a good guy. He's a great guy. I mean, look at the work that he did with Landis Sims. Yeah, I'm yes. sure most of you probably know that story. Landis is a kid who works with the Challenged Athletes Foundation here in San Diego. I've done a couple of stories with him. He was born with no hands and no feet, and the kid has no quit in him either. He tried to make his uh, – he made his Little League All-Star team, and he wanted to make his high school team as a freshman. So he comes out here to work with them, and the, and the CAF, they hooked him up with some some awesome or um, new orthotics, got him some yeah. new um, new prosthetics, and he's able to throw with his glove on his hand, right? He's taught himself how to do it. So he wants to be a middle infielder. So Musgrove went out with this kid and spent an entire day just working with him, working on his footwork around second base. Joe was a middle infielder when he was in high school, showing this kid what to do. And they've stayed in touch. Actually, fun story, when Musgrove threw the no-hitter, Landis Sims was there watching it and That's texted crazy, Joe right afterwards. That was one of the cool conversations. And then... Landis was with Joe at the All-Star game up in LA. So they become really good friends. He will he will just help out anybody who asks. He's a loves San Diego. Even when he was with, with the Astros and the and the Pirates, he would come here in the offseason, live close to the beach, do his workouts, just enjoy San Diego. It it could not be a better fit. And you mentioned the contract. Actually, he's taken probably a little bit under market value. If you look at the average annual yeah. value of 20 million bucks, Kevin Gosman and Robbie Ray, both about three million a year more than that commensurate numbers and they're both a year older than joe when they got that extension so i mean just awesome to have this dude around at a good price and how about the pottery spending money fifth player with a 100 million dollar plus contract on the padres as of 2017 they had zero so peter seidler we love you for spending money keep (laughs) spending money just do it in the right places like tatis and manny and musgrove and not so much hosmer now Hey, when beer when beers are fifteen ninety five a pop at Petco, they better spend money. Derek, come on. 
Yeah, you know it is going back to the team though, and that, and that's fantastic. That's that's it. Hey, one one more thought. This just popped into my head. How sweet would it be? Mike Clevenger starts, goes eight innings with his long hair, and then Josh Hader and his long hair come in, close out the ninth. We can call it the Spicoli game. <laughs> Clevenger to Hader. And we got to get Paul Mitchell to sponsor the Padres. With Sean Mania, for sure. <laughs> I'm telling you, this, this is the all locks team. Yeah, and Alfaro. Alfaro, Alfaro Alfaro's got, got him flowing. I wonder how yeah. long Tatis would be if he took the uh, little dreads out. Yeah, I like it, dude. I like it. You got to get uh, you got to get Manny on board with that. <laughs> I don't I don't see him going long, dude. I don't. He's he's buttoned up, dude. He's a ten year pro now, Derek. Come on. And then not to bring up Nick Martinez too many times in one podcast. That's not about Nick Martinez, but I yeah. I don't think he'll be joining the uh, the Long Hair Club. No, no, he's high and tight. That's for sure. All right, dude. So give me the bottom line here. After this, what is the next move the Padres make? I think it's going to be a, a, an outfielder like an Ian Happ. Um, Cubs, are, Cubs are dealing. They're sending players out pretty rapidly. I think that's a deal. AJ Preller and the Cubs front office have a history. Uh, we know the track record there and their past ties to San Diego. I think that's a deal that can easily happen. Um, if the mega deals like Soto and a bigger deal like Reynolds, which I think is far-fetched, don't happen. I, I think Ian Happ is uh, is the next move, and I think that's about it. And then the Padres, as I, I've, I've said every time I join you guys on the podcast, they're not as good as the Dodgers in the regular season. They're not as good as the Yankees in the regular season. But in the postseason, baseball is different. Even though there's seven-game series or five, you know, start, those are shorter series. Starting pitching is key. Bullpen is key. One or two hot bats. The Padres have all those ingredients, and they seem to be a more level-headed team this year. There's a better vibe in the clubhouse. So postseason baseball, it's not always about the best regular season record. They're right there. They have a kind of team that can win in the postseason. So it'll be exciting. So Todd Strain just said the Padres are not getting Juan Soto. Did I hear that right? I think that's far-fetched. Not far-fetched. I don't think it's going to happen. It'll be, I will be more... I will be super surprised if it happens. I hope it happens. Yeah, my, my gut tells me that Washington is probably going to hang on to him. Yeah. I don't want that to happen, but that's kind no. of where my gut's leading, and which I, I don't get why, because if you're going to give him three, give a team three playoff runs with a guy, doesn't that make him more valuable than getting two playoff runs with a guy? I, 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 you're exactly right. The, the window to trade him is either now or this offseason, and now is more valuable, you would think, to the Nationals than this offseason for the reason you just mentioned. But and Maybe I'm being overly simplistic here. No, yeah, but I, I, I think, as we all know, Soto is a, he's a Tatis. He is an Otani. He is a Trout. He is young. You're not just going to deal him for a package you're not comfortable with. So the Nationals have to get comfortable and no one no one knows, even the MLB insiders don't know if they're comfortable yet with any of these offers to, to make that trade official. Uh, this is the first of potentially many emergency podcasts yeah. as we head into trade season. Todd Strame, you're awesome. Thanks for jumping on here, dude. Thanks for listening to the On Fire podcast, everybody. Uh, we'll probably back in uh, like 20 minutes. <laughs>